and welcome to the Healthy Happenings Podcast. I am your host, Dana Burke with OptiFit Nutrition, and I love all things nutrition and fitness. I will be sharing with you my tips and advice that have helped myself and hundreds of our clients achieve their body composition goals and develop a healthier lifestyle overall. Now on to this episode. Tracking and logging your food can feel a little bit overwhelming and it takes a little bit of practice, but I promise it gets easier the more you do it. So if you feel a little overwhelmed or stressed, that's 100% normal. Just keep practicing. Today, I'm going to share with you my top eight mistakes that I see clients make when they first start logging and tracking. So hopefully you will be mindful of these common mistakes and try to avoid them so you can have the best results possible. Whether your goals are to lose body fat or gain muscle, counting your calories and macros by tracking and logging your food is the most sustainable and balanced way to achieve your goals. And it's the best way to also maintain those goals long term. I have been tracking and logging my nutrition for over five years now, and I have never once felt deprived, restricted, or even like I was on a diet. I don't think of it as a diet at all. I just think of it as a lifestyle and that it, it doesn't feel restricted or anything. So I've been doing it for over five years now. So the first common mistake that I see clients make is not using a food scale to track and log their calories. Instead, they are eyeballing or estimating their serving sizes, and that will not be as accurate as using a food scale. So when I have a new client sign up, I give them this PDF in like their welcome guide, and it's a PDF showing peanut butter it shows two eyeballed tablespoons of peanut butter where it's not weighed out and then two weighed or a serving size that's actually weighed out of peanut butter in the difference so the two tablespoons that they have eyeballed or estimated is actually 52 grams weighed out which equals 300 calories and 25 grams of fat but if you were to use a food scale and weigh out a serving size of peanut butter, which is only 32 grams, then that is equal to 190 calories and 16 grams of fat. So you can see that if throughout your entire day, you're just eyeballing your serving sizes and not using a food scale, those extra calories can add up really quickly and take you out of the calorie deficit that your coach has put you in if you're in a weight loss phase or trying to lose body fat. And even if you're in a maintenance phase, it can actually put you into a calorie surplus by not using a food scale because you may be overeating your calories because you're eyeballing and not using a food scale. So just make sure that if you want to track and log your calories and macros accurately, that you are using a food scale. The second common mistake that I see clients make is logging their food at the end of the day rather than pre-planning out their day and pre-logging their meals before they actually eat them. So when a client signs up, 
my biggest piece of advice and my biggest tip is to take five or ten minutes the night before and pre-log as much of your day for the next day as possible like going through in in my fitness pal or in whatever food tracker you use and start plugging in your protein for each meal your breakfast lunch and dinner your snacks then going through and adding some veggies and fruits to those meals and then adding some starches and then lastly adding some fats like your cooking oils your butters and then the next day you have it all already in your food tracker and you just follow along like a roadmap just making slight adjustments as needed like say you plugged in four ounces of chicken and you only ate three you can just adjust that but having somewhat of a plan will make it so much easier for you to hit those goals and be consistent with your your logging and your tracking of your calories if you're waiting till the end of the day well first of all I don't know how you can even remember what all you ate throughout an entire day because I can't remember what happened five minutes ago but you may leave some things out say at the end of the day you try to go back and log breakfast lunch dinner snacks and all of that well you may leave out the banana you forgot you had a banana for your mid-morning snack well that's 100 calories or you had a few pieces of chocolate that you forgot well that might be another 100 calories you might forget the cooking oil that you used for the chicken that you cooked at lunch so I'm just saying that those little things that you may not remember because you're logging at the end of the day rather than pre-logging will add up and so that could be a reason why we're not seeing progress or progress is not as fast that is just one of the common mistakes that I see clients make so I really highly recommend not waiting till the end of the day to go back and log everything you've tried to eat or that you've eaten and you're trying to remember that you ate I would really recommend pre-logging you know just it takes five or ten minutes to kind of get a game plan together for the next day it doesn't take that long so once the kids go to bed you've settled down you've gotten all your daily duties done just take five or ten minutes pre-log some stuff and then you'll be ready to go for the next day the third common mistake that I see clients make is just searching in their food database for Um, generic entries instead of actually using a food scale and weighing out whatever they're eating so they may not want to get their food scale out or whatever it is and they just search say they're eating a banana they just search for a banana in my fitness pal and without weighing it and they log this dull banana that's in my fitness pal for 25 calories well if they were to have weighed out that banana, it may have been more like 110 grams, which is actually closer to 100 calories. So you can see that if you do this throughout the day, several different you know, entries a day, that those extra calories can also add up and make a difference on your, your total daily calorie consumption. So just, you know get out the food scale it's not that hard and just weigh out your servings rather than just finding a generic entry in your food tracker 
The fourth common mistake that I see is underestimating when you eat out. So just remember that always eating out will be an estimate because you are not the chef back in the kitchen weighing and measuring all of the ingredients in your meals. So it's always going to be an estimate. And my mindset when I'm eating out is to overestimate a little bit rather than underestimate just because I feel like I'd rather be on the safer side and not go over my daily calories and I'd rather be under just a little bit. So I find that clients will underestimate their portion sizes um, like of their of the protein they'll underestimate those they will not log the condiments that they get with the meal ketchup dressings they will forget to log cooking oils or butter stuff like that so all of those little things is an underestimate of the meal that you're eating when you eat out so just make sure when you are eating out that you try to account for everything that's on your plate so i also recommend getting meals if you're going to eat out at a restaurant getting meals that are easy to log so like some pasta dishes with like a ton of different things in there are hard to log because you don't there's a million things in the pasta dish butter cream you know it just makes it harder to log whereas you got if you were to order grilled chicken with a side of green beans and a side of sweet potato fries that's much easier to log and piece together in your food tracker than the pasta dish so just make it easy on yourself and try not to underestimate when you are eating out this goes along with the fourth common mistake Eating out in general, just because we know that it's always going to be an estimate and it's not going to be as accurate as cooking at home and using a food scale and knowing exactly what ingredients go into your, your meals. If you can limit the number of times that you eat out per week, say you normally eat out four times a week, if you could cut those back, cut that back to two times a week. That will make a difference in the progress that you see. The fifth common mistake is logging a generic meal when eating out and not accounting for what's actually on your plate and not piecing together your meal in your food tracker. So my recommendation is to piece together your meal that way you're accounting for everything that is actually on your plate and that you see in front of you. Instead of going into MyFitnessPal or your food tracker and let's say you ordered a cheeseburger and you go into MyFitnessPal and you just type in cheeseburger because you don't want to have to piece it all together. Well, the entries in MyFitnessPal range for a cheeseburger from 280 calories up to, to 750 calories. So which one are you going to choose and which one is going to be most accurate and represent actually what you're actually eating and what is actually on your plate? So my recommendation and to be most accurate with your logging and tracking is to piece together your cheeseburger, log the bun, the hamburger bun, log the slice of cheese, 
log, the ketchup, mustard, mayo, log your lettuce, your tomatoes, pickles, your veggies that you have on the burger, log your meat. Um, you can find like beef patties in there and you're just going to have to estimate because you're eating out and you don't have your food scale how big that patty is. Is it a quarter, a quarter of a pound patty? Is it a third? You're just going to have to kind of estimate that. But that way, and if you have any extras like avocado slices or bacon, you're, you account for those little extras also, grilled onions, jalapenos. So just when you are eating out, instead of just logging a cheeseburger from MyFitnessPal and going with the lowest calorie cheeseburger you can find at 280 calories, actually piece together your meal so you are, you know, representing and accurately accounting for what you're actually eating. The sixth common mistake is not accounting for or logging your liquid calories. So things like Dr. Pepper, Coke, Sprite, sodas, sugary drinks, Kool-Aid. Um, and then, of course, if you're not logging and tracking your alcohol, this makes a huge difference. So the liquid calories from sugary drinks like that and alcohol, they have no nutritional benefit. Most of them have no nutritional benefits. For example, a, a can of Dr. Pepper, 12, 12 ounce can of Dr. Pepper is about 150 calories. It's 40 grams of carbs. There's no protein. There's no fiber. There's no vitamins, no minerals, so there's no nutrients besides the calories and from the carbs in the drink from the sugar that you're getting for your body. So it is not going to keep you feeling full for very long, and you're just drinking those calories instead of eating them. And I know for myself... I would much rather eat my calories, especially when I'm in a, a weight loss phase, like a, a, a body fat loss phase, and I'm trying to cut body fat. I'm usually a little bit more hungry than I am when I'm in a maintenance phase, and I want to eat as much as I can so I can stay feeling as full as I can while I'm in that deficit. So if you're drinking your calories and not eating them, that could make you feel a little bit more hungry, not keep you feeling full as long. And let's go back to alcohol, which I'm going to do a whole podcast on alcohol and the effects of alcohol during weight loss. But just know that you have to account for the calories in alcohol. And you have to also, you have to track them as macros, which this is another PDF that I give to my clients showing them how to track their calories from alcohol as macros because you need to take those the your calories and your macros equal each other so you need to take out macros for the calories that you're that you're ingesting from the alcohol you're drinking um, but just think about it one one glass of wine can be about 120 calories how many glasses of wine do you sit down and drink per night or when you go out with your friends? You could be drinking, you know, 
three to four glasses of wine, which is easy to do. Um, so let's say 120 calories times four glasses of wine, that's 480 calories. And those are empty calories because there's no nutritional benefit. So that's almost 500 calories of your daily calorie budget that you're just drinking. So just think about that and make sure that you are accounting for those liquid calories and try to limit them as much as possible because that will affect your progress if, if you're not tracking those. So make sure you're tracking them, accounting for them, but limit them if possible. Though we can make alcohol and liquid calories fit in our macros and our daily calorie goals, go listen to my podcast on Is a Calorie Just a Calorie? So that podcast talks about the nutritional value of the calories that you're eating. So it's interesting to hear that a calorie may not just be a calorie and the whole if it fits your macros thing may not be as true as we we think and nutritional value and quality of food does matter in your total daily energy expenditure. So go check out that podcast as well. The seventh common mistake that I see is really at the beginning when clients start tracking and logging for the first time. And these are usually new ones that have never logged before. And what I will see them do is log their exercise in their food tracker. And so that's adding back calories to their daily calorie goal that I've given them, which when I do the calculations for new clients, I already account for their activity level in my calculations so I've already accounted for their exercise in those calculations and in their their total daily calorie goal so if they're adding their exercise my fitness pal or whatever will be adding back those exercise calories and it will put them over the daily calorie budget that I've given them so make sure you're not logging your exercise in your food tracker because that will add back calories and will definitely take you out of your calorie deficit if that's what you're in or put you over into a surplus if you're in a maintenance phase. So um, to piggyback on that, make sure that your activity level is accurate and you did not overestimate it whenever you filled out your consultation form or whenever you told your nutrition coach how much you were working out. I see a lot of times clients will have this great plan that they're going to work out four times a week whenever they sign up, and that's what they're hoping they're going to do, but that's not what they're currently doing. So then a few weeks go by, we're not seeing any progress, and they're, I ask them a bunch of questions at check-in, and they're like, oh yeah, I haven't gotten to work out at all because my schedule or whatever, and I'm like, well, I thought you were working out four times a week, that's what I accounted for. And so they've overestimated their activity level and overestimated their exercise. So then we have to adjust calories and macros. So we need to know an accurate picture of what you are doing currently for your activity level, for what you do for your job, if you do manual labor, um, and then what you do for exercise. How many days a week do you work out? So that's another common mistake 
I see. So just don't log your exercise and steps in your food tracker because your nutrition coach has already done that and accounted for those calories. So the last common mistake that we see is not being consistent with your logging and tracking. And we usually find that this happens around holidays where clients will just not track around the holidays or a holiday and on the weekends. We have several clients that will not track on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They just choose not to track and then they want to know why they're not seeing progress with their results. Well, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is three days out of the seven-day week. So if you're not accounting for those days and those calories, you could be eating who knows what on those days and your weekly average of calories is putting you is taking you out of your deficit and putting you maybe in a surplus. So maybe that's why you're not seeing progress. So um, I have this PDF that kind of breaks down the week and um, it is a very good visual of why if you're not tracking on the weekends or holiday weekends or whatever, that this is affecting progress. So let's say that your maintenance calories are 2,000 calories a day. So if you ate 2,000 calories a day, you would not be gaining or losing weight. Those are your maintenance calories. So your coach, you want to lose weight. So your coach has put you in a 500 calorie deficit per day. So your goal is to eat 1,500 calories per day. So that would equal 3,500 calories of deficit each week, which should help you lose at least one pound per week. If you're eating 1,500 calories seven days a week. So let's say you're eating those 1,500 calories Monday through Thursday, and then the weekend rolls around Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're eating 2,500 calories. So remember your maintenance calories are 2,000, so now you're eating 500 calories of surplus on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So now your, your weekly deficit of calories is only a net deficit of 500 per week because you've gone over three days on the weekend over your maintenance calories. So 500 calorie deficit a week is not going to get you the progress that you want. So just remember that if you're not consistent with tracking and logging, like the weekends roll around and you don't want to log, that will affect your progress. So don't get mad at your coach and don't say that it's not working if you're not logging because these are numbers. That's why we log because we actually have data to go off of. If you're not logging, then you can't say that it didn't work. Typically, if I have clients that they lack consistency with the weekends, I will ask them if they want to do a calorie cycle where they will have some more calories allotted to their weekends and less calories during the week, um, but their weekly average of total calories will be the same as if they had, say, 1,500 calories seven days a week. 
So that is an option. You can ask your coach about that if you are interested in calorie cycling. And if they come to me and they say this is not working and I go and look at their tracking and logging consistency and I see that there's a lack of that, I will not change anything with their calories and macros until they can show consistency with their goals because there's no point in changing things up if we don't know that they they truly aren't working because they're not logging everything and not logging on the weekends. So there's no calorie deficit or macro adjustment that will make up for the lack of consistency with logging and tracking. So just remember that when check-in comes around and you know that you haven't been logging on the weekends or you just got through holiday weekend, you know you didn't log, just keep that in mind. I know those were a lot of common mistakes to go over, so I'm just going to recap them really quickly. Number one was not using a food scale and estimating your portion sizes, serving sizes. Just try to use a food scale. It will be so much more accurate than trying to estimate, and I think it's easier than trying to estimate. Number two logging your food after you've already eaten it at the end of the day and not pre-planning your day or pre-logging your day the night before. Number three, using generic entries like the dull banana that we talked about in the example rather than actually using a food scale and weighing out that banana. Um, so just try to use your food scale. It'll be much easier. Number four, underestimating your meal when you eat out and forgetting to log things that are actually on your plate or in your dish when you're eating out. Number five, logging a generic meal um, when, you're not, when you're not cooking at home, like the cheeseburger example that we talked about, and not piecing together your meal. So make sure you piece together what's actually on your plate and actually right in front of you. Number six, not accounting for your liquid calories, especially alcohol and things like sodas and stuff. Those add up and just remember they are empty calories with no nutritional benefit for your body. Number seven, adding exercise to your food tracker app like MyFitnessPal adding in your exercise or steps that will be adding back calories which your coach has already accounted for and number eight being inconsistent with your logging and tracking like on the holidays and on the weekends so just remember consistency is key the the more consistent you are with logging and tracking, the faster you will get to those results that you want. And remember, there's no calorie deficit or macro adjustment that will make up for not being consistent and not logging everything. So 
I hope you can avoid these eight common mistakes when you start tracking and logging your food and your nutrition. And hopefully they helped you um, and give you some ideas of what not to do. That's it for this episode of Healthy Happenings with OptiFit Nutrition. I am your host, Dana Burke. Thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed the content of this podcast and this episode, we would love it if you would leave us a review and rate us. We will be sending out some goodies to a few listeners each month that leave a review. If you are new to counting macros or you're a seasoned macro counting pro, We have a 28-day challenge that is for anybody and everybody if you need that little push or the accountability or you just want to learn how to count macros and calories. Our 28-day challenge is perfect for you. If you want to find out when our next challenge starts, you can head to our website at optifitnutrition.com. We will always post the next upcoming challenge so you can enroll in that. Again, thank you for listening.